Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I'm so excited you're here. You know, um, I accepted Christ at 19, and right around 20 years of age, I had my first experience with the Holy Spirit, and I didn't even understand what was happening. But it was an amazing experience after I was able to look back. And uh, what had happened is, by that time, all five of my brothers had accepted Christ. My brother Jim's wife, Judy, accepted Christ. Uh, My brother Mike's girlfriend, Barb, who's now his wife, she accepted Christ. And the only one left was my dad. And we kept inviting him to church with us. He'd say no. We'd try to talk to him. He didn't want to hear it. And he worked midnight turn back then at what was called Packard Electric, now it's Delphi. And one night he left to go to work, and I was going to bed after that, and I shut my bedroom door, and as soon as I did, I had something come over me, and I didn't know what it was, it kind of scared me, but I just knew I had to pray, and I knew, I don't know how I knew, I knew it was for my dad, and I knew it was connected to eternity. And uh, so I, like all of us do, I filled in the blanks, you know, Uh, it's my dad, it's eternity. So I just thought, oh no, he's going to get in a car accident and die on the way to work, or there's going to be an industrial accident at work. And so I was an absolute nervous wreck, but I thought, I'm going to pray. And I I, I laid face down on my bed and I prayed. It probably lasted about 15 minutes. Then it lifted. Then I don't have any idea if it worked. I don't know if it worked. Did it work? Didn't it work? I, I don't know. I fell asleep worrying about my dad. This is before cell phones. I can't text. I can't call. No way to get a hold of him. So I woke up the next day, and I was up a while, and then he came home. I was so glad he came home. Then as a couple days passed, I just, you know, forgot about it. But, you know, a few months after that, it was Easter time, and we invited him to come to church with us on Easter. And we were shocked. He said, yeah, I'll come. And we were just all shocked that he would come. And uh, so he came, and there were so many of us, uh, we couldn't all sit in the same row. So um, I sat in a row behind him with some, some of my brothers. The pastor preached his message. And then he gave an altar call, and he said, raise your hand. And the most amazing thing happened, my dad raised both his hands. And I was like, yeah, I wanted to shout. I was so excited. And uh, right when that happened, again, it's like God, I don't, you know, he communicated to me. I, you know, if he's ever done it with you. And we'll talk a little bit about it more. I just knew, that's why I prayed. That's why I prayed. And I understood God had me pray for that moment to help break some things through for my father. Now, if you're visiting today, I want to welcome you to me, myself, and I am. And this is a series about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, all God, but yet they're one God. And we talked about the mystery of the Trinity in Lesson 1. But today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. He's, a, he's amazing. And we're going to have fun as we just open the Bible up. For some of you, you're brand new, and I'm going to help you understand something you never understood Others, you may be visiting, you're not even a Christian yet, so you're going to hear something you've never heard. And for many of you, I'm just going to exhort you and remind you of what you do know and encourage you to walk in it at a higher level. Some of you have walked in it and stopped. Others, uh, you just walked in it, in it to a certain level. I'm just going to encourage you to go up to the next level. The first thing I thought I'd do is read a couple scriptures. They're, they're such incredible scriptures. You know what they talk about? They talk about the promise that God's going to give us God the Holy Spirit, the Father, Jesus, 
God the Son, they're going to give us the Holy Spirit. L listen to John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, obey me. And, and obey me here, Jesus is talking about uh, believing in him because that's the context. So he says, believe in me then if you love me. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. That means helper, that word. And he will never leave you. Isn't that an awesome promise? He'll never leave you. He's talking to Christians. He is the Holy Spirit. He lives with you now, and someday he shall be in you. So Jesus hasn't died yet, so uh, he couldn't live inside a person. But Jesus is referring to the day when he died, and we became Christians, and then the Holy Spirit could come live in us. He says, someday he shall, um, he shall be in you. No, I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. And that phrase is such an incredible phrase for the Trinity because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So it's not Jesus coming to them, it's God the Holy Spirit. And he's promising he's going to come to you and you're going to have God the Holy Spirit with you. And this is really important for the disciples because they've had... God with them for over three years now. Can you imagine how amazing it was to have God with you? Remember when they were ready to drown in a storm and Jesus says, peace be still? That's pretty amazing to hang out with God. He's teaching them these remarkable uh, principles and things about the kingdom of God. They're, they're like, there's no way you can leave. You, you raise the dead. What are we going to do without you? So two chapters later, listen to what Jesus said, John 16, 5. But now I'm going away uh, to the one who sent me. And none of you seems interested in the purpose of my going. None wonders why. Instead, you're filled with sorrow. And I think if I were one of the disciples, I'd be the same way. And here's what Jesus is saying. I keep telling you I'm going. They have no idea he's going to die for their sins. They, don't, they haven't connected the dots yet. And so he said, if you guys ask me, I tell you, man, I'm, I'm going to set you free. This is why I'm leaving. But nobody had said any or asked him what's, what's going to go on. And he says, you guys are just sad. So now he wants to make them happy. This is, this is meant to be a happy verse, the next verse. Listen to verse 7. But the fact of the matter is that it is best for you that I go away. And many translations say, uh, you're better off if I leave. And here's why. For if I don't, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, won't come. But if I do, he, the Holy Spirit, will, for I will send him to you. So here's what Jesus is saying. And I think this is one of the most amazing uh, scriptures in the Bible. Jesus said you're better to have God in you than God with you. Jesus was God with them, but he said God's going to come and live inside you. And we can't figure it out. He's omnipresent, but uh, I think that's so cool. You know, if Jesus were, were teaching in a synagogue, and here he is teaching in, in a synagogue, and there's 50 people, when, when they dispersed and left, uh, he, he would only go home with a couple of them. Everybody else would leave godless. And that's how it was when Jesus was there. So Jesus is saying, you're way better off having God inside you because everybody, when they leave this room today, isn't that exciting? The Holy Spirit's going with every single one of you. And if you've not learned to interact with him, uh, that may not be such a big deal to you. But man, once you begin to interact with him, it's like, wow, I have God living inside of me. He's here to help me. That's a big deal. So here's what I want you to walk out remembering. God is in you to help you. It's real simple. And, and, and I should say this, I want you to understand it more clearly than you've ever understood it. For some of us, we know it. I just want to help you understand it more clearly. And for others, you're not really aware of it. But he's inside you to help you. And that's really, really important. So remember how we talked about how to interact with the three persons of the Trinity? So we talked about the Father and 
We said it's prayer and awe with the Father. Lesson one, the Son, Jesus, follow and obey. That releases the grace of God. It's amazing. And then the Holy Spirit, here's what we want to talk about today. We have to acknowledge and yield to the Holy Spirit. And acknowledge is, you know, being aware, making sure we keep it in our hearts and our minds, He's inside of us. And if we don't, it shuts them off. That's why in 1 Corinthians 12 and in 14, even in 13, the Bible says uh, that you and I must desire spiritual gifts. And anytime, here's some good Bible interpretation stuff, anytime the Bible tells you to do something and get a result, that means if you don't do it, you won't have the result. And if you don't desire for the Holy Spirit to move in and through you, he won't. That's why the Bible says desire it. It's like a light switch, and when you, when you desire, it's like turning the light switch on and the lights begin to move. That, that's how we uh, open up for the Holy Spirit to work through us and begin to help us in every single area of our life. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, acknowledging, all right? And here's a scripture, Ephesians 4.30, and the message does a great job. They expand it a little bit with the Greek language, and it says this, don't grieve God, don't break his heart, his Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself or fit for God the Father. Don't take such a gift for granted. And I can tell you as a Christian for many years now, there have been times in my walk where I, I, I forget that he's there. I don't, I'm, I don't think about it as much. And you know what it does? It shuts him and his activity down kind of reminds me when I first got a, a smartphone. Uh, when they first came out, they were a little bit costly. But I saw what they can do, so I bought one, and I was one of few people that I knew that had one, but I could email on it. So I, I said, this, this makes me more proficient at doing what I need to do. And so Gina and I go on vacation, and I'm down in Florida, and we decided to go to the beach. We were like three blocks away. So I have my swim trunks on, t-shirt, and, and I put my smartphone in my pocket of, of my swim trunks and I zipped it up. We walk to the beach, we find our spot and then I told Gene, I'm gonna jump in and I jump in, so refreshing, it was a hot day and I'm just hanging out 10 minutes or whatever, enjoying the sun, enjoying the water and then I remembered, oh no, my smartphone is in my pocket and I felt it, there it was, I ran out, I dried it off, it was dead and I really think we do that to the Holy Spirit. I really believe as we walk through the ocean of life, we become so distracted sometimes and, and so focused on the things of this life that we forget the Holy Spirit's in us. And like I shut that phone down with water, we shut the Holy Spirit down by just forgetting and not acknowledging that he's inside of us. Now, there was, there was a church in the Bible that did this, first, uh, the church at Corinth, and uh, they, were, they were a different kind of church because in one sense, Paul had to talk to them about you know, using the gifts of the Spirit in the right way. That's 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Uh, but then in the other sense, Paul said, you guys are the most carnal people I ever dealt with in my life. Um, and in chapters 1, 2, and 3, he said, you guys are so carnal. You're fighting with each other. There's divisions. And then he had to go, when he went further, he had to talk about this guy in the church. There's a guy in the church that was sleeping with his stepmom, and his stepmom was still married to his dad. And as bad as that was, the guy was active in the church and, and everybody knew it and nobody sat him down and said, hey, this is wrong. So Paul's like having to say, guys, what's going on with you? And so he makes this statement. 
they're obviously not aware that God's in them. So he makes this statement, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple? It is the house of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Remember Jesus' promise? Now he's talking and writing to Christians. He says, he's in you and was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself. And this to me is an amazing, amazing scripture. And I know in my life there have been times when I needed to be jolted and reminded, Joe, don't you remember, don't you realize God's in you? And it works in so many areas. So that's why I borrowed my, this Superman um, action figure off my grandson. And uh, all the guys my age, don't you wish they made these this big when we were kids? I mean, my goodness. It, I, I play once in a while with my grandson with this. And uh, here's why I have it. Um, when I say the Holy Spirit's in us, we can't see him. We're not aware that he's in us. But what would happen? You know, what would happen if, you know, we could see him and everywhere we went, you know, God's going with us, but we saw God. And wouldn't that make us more aware that God's with us if, if we could see him? Right? I'd be so aware. That's God. And, you know, Superman has the S, and I'm a Superman freak, so I know it's not really an S, but it looks like an S, okay? And, 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 and so the Holy Spirit, man, he's everywhere you go. So students, what would happen if you walked into school on Monday morning and right at your side was the creator of the universe, the person of the Holy Spirit? God the Holy Spirit. Can I ask you a question? Would you go in there fearless? I think you would. Would you worry about the bullies? Would you worry about the factions in school? Would you worry as much about the courses and the classes? I mean, uh, you can draw wisdom off of God. He's, he's with you. For all of us adults, as the storms of life hits us, as we go through life, can you, can you all agree? Life would look a lot different if, if we saw ourselves as having God right at our side. I mean, that makes all the difference. It's not you by yourself. It's you with God helping you. And it changes everything. Think about this, guys. Um, uh, because part of the Holy Spirit in us is to make us more like Jesus. And think about how our lifestyle would change if God was always there, right? If I'm sitting at a table with some people, we're having a conversation, and he's sitting there with me, I might talk differently, right? I, I, God, God's here. I can't say what I, I really want to say it is, but I can't say it, right? Wouldn't that change things if, if he was right there? It would change things. How about if you're alone at home and you're surfing and you see a channel and something comes up? If, if he was there, there's some things that come up that you might say, whoop, got to keep going. Um, but, but if he's not there, you know, if you're not aware. But guess what? Everything we do, God's with us. And here's my, here's my heart's prayer for us today, for us to walk out of here understanding God is in us to help us. And it changes everything. And then I want to talk to you about, you know, we acknowledge, how do we yield? And, and I want to be up front with you. This has been one of the most difficult areas in my life because I am uh, concrete, sequential and how I, I work. Um, I, 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 I am just a detail guy. I like to have all my ducks in a row. So that makes it tough sometimes to begin to interact with the Holy Spirit. 
but I broke through. And if, if I can break through, anybody can break through. But it's something I really had to grow in and, and learn in. So I want to talk to you about, you know, the yielding part. Listen to this scripture, Galatians 5.25. It says this, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. God is in you to help you. That's what this verse is saying. He wants to help you in every area of your life. So uh, as is my custom, guys, this is my custom, um, I like to break it down and just make it simple. So I broke this down, and I came up with what I call four ways uh, the Holy Spirit leads. And I want to just help you. I want to talk to you about them. I want to share some stories with how it's worked in my life. And I just want to encourage you. And as I talk about this, some of you are going to say, oh, man, that's what that is. That's what God's trying to do. Others are going to sit here and say, yep, yep, that's, that's how it works in my life. And some of you are going to say, whoa. You mean if I accept Jesus, I can have God in me? Yes, God will be in you, and it's incredible. So here's number one. I, I call it uneasiness. Um, and this has to do with something you're doing or something you're thinking about doing. And it's just God, the Holy Spirit, will give you this feeling of uneasiness. And one way to explain it is if you go home today, uh, let's say tonight, and you jump in the shower with your clothes on, how many of you think it would feel odd? Wouldn't it feel odd? You know, I got to wash under my arms. So there's a sweater and a T-shirt. That's just going to be weird, okay? So um, that's what I mean. That's what uneasy is. You're just going through the pace of something maybe you've done for years, but now it's an uneasy feeling. Holy Spirit will lead you with that uneasy feeling. Um, or you're thinking about, I'm going to do this, and the more you think about it, you just feel uneasy. So I'll give you a story, and I want you to see the process because the process is really, really important. If you don't do the process, uh, you can make mistakes. So uh, years ago when the church was young, uh, there's this man. He's now one of my closest friends. His name's Ted Sad. Now he pastors in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. And uh, Ted started this Christian school, and he was all by himself. It was called Water Life Christian Academy. We called it WUCA, and he, he, it was him and the school. And he was doing really well with it. And we, we had room in our church building, so I said, bring it in here, and I won't even charge you rent. So he did that. He was here a while, I don't know, a year or so, and he said, you know, I believe this should be under a church. So he wanted me to take over it and have it under the church. So I said, let me think about it. I said, you did all the work. I he says, I think it should be under a pastor. So I prayed about it. I said, okay. So now um, I'm under, or I'm over the church, it's, and I'm over the nonprofit, we're life nonprofit. And years and years and years and years went by, and everything, I had the peace of God, everything felt great. But after years passing, I began to sit in meetings with the leadership of the school and meetings with the board, and I would feel like I was taking a shower with my clothes on. It was, it was a, I just felt uneasy. And so I didn't make any moves. I just began to pray because I thought maybe, you know, maybe something else is bugging me. You know, maybe I'm in a strife or turmoil over something. So I just began to pray. I said, God, I don't, I don't know what this is, but, and I prayed, and I, I took months and prayed, but every time I got into a meeting, I, f I felt like I don't belong here. I don't belong here. So finally, after a short season of making sure I prayed, making sure I, I processed it with people close to me, um, I sat down with the board, and I had created a board of people, Christians in the community, so uh, they weren't from the church, and I sat down with them and said, guys, this is how I feel. Uh, I'll hand it over, you know, you can take it. So we decided to close it, and then a week later we decided the board just took it, and they did really well with it. And then when the economy crashed, uh, people just stopped paying for Christian schools, and so it had to close. But it went to another building. 
Um, And I share that story to tell you many times when we're doing something that we've done for a long time, the Holy Spirit will lead us by giving us that uneasy feeling. And I believe there's some of you in this room right now, because I prayed a lot for this service. Some of you right now that... Uh, that's been happening and you've not known what it is. I want to encourage you to pray, bring it to God, but God may, may be wanting to shift you into a different direction. I'm telling you Joe's stories which have to do with what I do. These can be for your personal life. They can be anything. So some of you could be for your businesses. That's one way. Here, here's the other way. This way is the most common in my life. I call it desires. And uh, it's just God placing desires in us And, you know, those desires could be us. They could be God. So, again, you need to process it. So I'll give you another cool story. Not too long ago, um, I had this desire in my heart, and the desire was um, to help underprivileged children in the city of Warren. I just knew I had to help underprivileged children. I didn't have a clue on how. So I just had this desire, and I just started praying, Lord, I don't know if this is you or Joe. I have no idea because I have all kind of ideas, and not all of them are God. So I thought, let me just begin to pray. And I, I just began to pray, and it became stronger and stronger. And then God brought someone across my path, and he connected me with Jefferson Elementary School. It was just a God connection. And so when I connected there, I just I thought, I'm gonna, this is it. We're going to help through here. And then this idea bubbled up in me as I just thought about it. Adopt them. So we adopted them, and we still have adopted them as a school and we do all kinds of incredible things as a church and we help those incredible kids and uh, we do some things for them that uh, they need done and guys thank you for your generosity as we do that that all started with a desire it started with a desire but you know what makes me really smile and and the end of this year i heard this i didn't know it i found it out at the end of this year there are two other churches in our community that now since we did this they adopted two different Warren City schools. So now there's three schools that have been adopted. Can we just give it up and say, thank you, God? That's incredible. It started with a desire. So there's some business people in here. God placed some desires in you, and you you need to pray them out, process them. But God may want you to do something that no one else has ever done. God may want you to do something that you thought you could never do. There's many individuals in here. God's placed some desires in you to do different things, and and you need to begin to soak that with some God prayer. Just say, God, I don't know if this is you or me, but I want to know if it's God. It just gets stronger and stronger, and then he makes a connection here, connection there. That's how those things work. Then then there's this thing called promptings. Um, That's number three, promptings. And this is this is time sensitive. That's why God does it. A desire would take too long. It just would take way too long. So it's a prompting. And, and, and this is something, man, I've had to work on because uh, being concrete, sequential, being detailed guy, you don't want to make mistakes and you don't want to embarrass yourself. So, uh, but here, here's what God did. I just took on the attitude, you know what? I cannot have pride and be a good Christian. So I'm going to, I just let people know, if I miss it, tell me. Um, or if I make a mistake, I just say, all right, God, teach me. I need to learn why I made that mistake. And, and you guys hear me say this often. There's a reason why I say certain things a lot. Um, if you know me, you know I'm not weird. I am not a weird person. And some people with the Holy Spirit get weird. And I think they get weird because they don't, ad- they don't have the attitude, I can miss it, I'm not infallible. And I think that's really important for you and I to have. But here's how promptings work. Um, I'll give you an example. This is about six weeks old, all right? 
Uh, I pray with a group of people every Saturday morning. We pray in my office, and um, we just pray for about an hour. We pray for you. We pray for the community. Pray for all kind of things. And uh, there's pastors that pa they pastor other churches. They'll come and they'll pray with us. And so um, about six weeks ago, one of the pastors that was in there, uh, they, they wanted us to pray for something they were doing. And, and they said, um, I was shocked. I mean, I was really, it's, the, the guy said, I just, I just produced a movie and TBN picked it up. That's Trinity Broadcasting Network. So it's a Christian-based movie with Christian values. But TBN, which is the biggest Christian television network out there, they picked it up and it's going to be on TBN. So he said, would you guys soak it with prayer? And I said, yeah, we'll, we'll soak that with prayer. And, but then he went on to say, he says, but I feel I'm supposed to get into secular markets. And he says, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. And uh, he said, would you guys pray about that? But in telling us that, he said this. He said, I don't want to be like Tyler Perry. And that caught my attention because I love Medea movies, you know. And uh, I, I'll just ask you, and I'll fast forward to all the Medea parts. And I just sit there and laugh as Tyler Perry, Perry plays Medea, you know. And, and uh, but he mentioned Tyler Perry, caught my attention. And uh, he said, I don't want to be like Tyler Perry. And I said, well, what, what, what about Tyler Perry? He said, well, I feel he compromises. And sometimes some of his movies, you know, they get a little too sexual and things like that. And he says, when you get out there in the secular world, th those guys with the money tell you you have to do that. He says, I don't want to do that, but I feel God wants me out there. So I said, well, let's pray about that. So we prayed for him. We prayed for a bunch of other things. The meeting ended. Everybody was gone, and it was just him and I. We were just standing there talking. And while I'm standing there with him, uh, this prompting came that I needed to speak something over him. And, and I just said, and I didn't say, thus saith the Lord. I never do that. I, I never throw the God card out. I think that's not good to do. So, so I, didn't say, I didn't tell him I felt prompted. But I just said to him, I said, you know what? I feel you're going to meet Tyler Perry. Your paths are going to cross. And you're going to speak some things in his life, and he's going to open some doors for you. And he just laughed. He said, I don't know Tyler Perry. How am I going to meet Tyler Perry? He's famous. I said, I'm just saying. I don't know. I just, I just think it's going to happen. And uh, I, I said, we'll just see what God, what God will do. That was a prompting, see? And uh, so he came back two weeks later. He's so excited. He's got this smile on his face. He said, guess what? I said, I said what? He said, I called a friend, and we were just talking about my movie going on TBN, that type of thing. And he said, uh, he said, my friend, as I talked to him, and he didn't mention Tyler Perry, just friend, my friend told me, I need to connect you with Tyler Perry. He goes, what? He goes, yeah, I can connect you with Tyler Perry. And, and, and so he did. And, and uh, he's met with him this week. He's flying back this afternoon. So I have to contact him and see how it all went. But he sat with, he had this audience with Tyler Perry, which I think is amazing. And I think God wants to use this pastor. But it all, all started with a prompting. I believe I had to speak that into his life for God to begin to get the ball rolling and do some things, get him into a position, that's a prompting. It may not always be that spectacular and involve, you know, uh, LeBron James or something like that, you know, but, but promptings. And God may prompt you to say something. He may prompt you to do something. You know, uh, one time I was just talking to a guy in church. This is a couple years back. And he told me he's going on a missions trip. And he's so excited about the trip. And then he said, but I, I don't have any money. And right when he said that, I had a prompting to write him a check. So I wrote him a check for 300 bucks. And that enabled him to be able to go on the missions trip. So God will use that in different ways. Here's number four, guys. I, I call it the inner voice. And uh, the inner voice is fascinating. There's two facets to the inner voice. And 
God will speak to you, but not through these ears, okay? It's not, not that. But he speaks to us in our hearts. And if you've been around, you know, you know the inner voice of God. There's two levels to it. The one level is what Jesus talked about. Remember what Jesus said? He said, everything that I say, he says, the Holy Spirit will bring it back to your remembrance. So when you read the Bible, when you hear the Bible taught, the Spirit of God will bring that back to your remembrance. And in my heart, the Spirit of God exhorts me all the time. He doesn't give me direction with that inner voice. He exhorts me. And, and it's just the most amazing thing. And sometimes I'll tell Gina, I'm such a jerk, I'm this, I'm that. And uh, I can't believe I did that. And then I walk away, and, and that voice of God will just rise in me and say, you're not a jerk. You're this or you're that. And I'm like, yeah, I am, God. And it's like, no, no, you're not. And, and, and he just exhorts you. He brings scriptures to your memory. I believe that should be happening in all of our lives. It's wonderful. And then there's a higher level up where God will speak to you, and it's usually, it's really loud. It's just loud, and you, you, you just know this is God. And I've had it happen only a couple times, and, and it's private, so I can't share uh, the events with you because uh, of people involved. But... My wife had it happen, and I can share this one because it involved me, and uh, so, so I can share it. But one day I, was, um, I left for work early, and she was walking out to jog, and I've shared this years ago in a, in a, in a service, but she's walking out for a, a jog, and, and I'm driving down 46, and, and I have this bad habit of, of looking, and I'm watching road construction, and then, then I look back, and there were like, I, it had to be six, seven cars, it's and they're all stopped. They're dead stopped. And I have 10 feet between me and the last car. And I'm like, oh my. And I'm in this SUV. So I slam on the brakes and, and I try to pull over. And, and, and I'm not making this up. It's, it's like something picked my car up and moved me. And I skidded for at least four cars. I skidded half dirt, half, half asphalt. And I missed all the cars, but I skidded. It was the most embarrassing thing because all these people are looking at me just <laughs> skid on the side of them very embarrassing so i get to the office and i eventually called gina i said you'll never guess what happened and i told her the story i just told you and she goes joe she says you'll never guess what happened i said what she says i was just starting my job after you left she said and i heard the inner voice of god and it says if you fear me you'll pray right now and she said god had me pray for you and it takes a lot to stop Gina from jogging. See, so, so God had to do that. A prompting would not have worked, and the desire for sure wouldn't have worked. See, so, so that voice spoke, and she prayed, and she knew she was praying for me, and she prayed till it lifted. And I told her, honey, I'm telling you, I said it was like something just moved my vehicle over. It was the most amazing thing. The, the supernatural's real, right? It's just so real. And then I told her, I didn't tell her the first time, I said, by the way, honey, I didn't have my seatbelt on. And <laughs> if I would have hit that car, I think that's one of the reasons God had to pray. He might have wanted me to learn a lesson if I had my seatbelt on. But, but uh, you know, I think I would have flown through and all kinds of things could have happened. Guys, that's what I call the inner voice of God. So listen, for some of you, you may have never heard anything like this in your life. So I planted a seed. The Holy Spirit's going to begin to move in your lives in some different ways. For others, I shared something with you you're aware of. But maybe it's died. Maybe, the, maybe you turn the switch off and the acknowledgement switch. And I just want to encourage you to begin to desire the Spirit of God to help you because God's in you to help you. I hope, I trust you learned something today. I need to pray right now. Let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I did my best to open up a part of the Bible that's so cool. We thank you for the Trinity. We thank you that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, Lord. 
That is so cool. Make us more aware of it this week. Open up our hearts and our eyes to it. And Holy Spirit, we, we desire desires, and we desire that uneasiness if we're in a place we shouldn't be. And we desire, uh, Father, all these other things happening in our lives. We desire those, Lord. And I just, I, I know there's some of you right now, God's sparking in your heart right now. That's pretty cool. Thank you, God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Before I release you, you know, Jesus said, if you obey me, I'll send the Holy Spirit to you. And he was talking about accepting him as Savior. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I have the privilege right now of sharing the most important, incredible message to planet Earth. And it's about our Savior. It's, it's incredible. I can't believe I get to do it so often. I get to do it all the time. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not asking you to join our church or a religion. And because we live in America, I have to say the next thing, because uh, America is, you know, we're kind of post-Christian era, so I have to say this. I'm not asking you right now if you grew up in a Christian church. I am not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Um, all that is great, but you can do all that and not know Jesus. So what I'm asking you right now is do you know Jesus? And if you grew up and you don't even believe in God or uh, you're not sure if God exists, I'm glad you're here because this message, I believe, is going to touch your heart right now. And here's, here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you made it real with Jesus? And, and if you can't, I want to give you that opportunity right now. He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. He died for the sins of the entire world. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I've never made it real, but I'm ready today to accept him as my Savior. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the Savior. And I receive you today and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.